Sacktown Sports. Headlines. I'm Simone with your Sacktown Sports headlines. Through the weekend, Washington Wizards now finalizing a dynamic trade deal to send three-time All-Star Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns for a package including Chris Paul, Landry Shamet, and several second-round picks, sources told ESPN on Sunday. Speculation suggests that Washington and Paul could agree to a contract buyout, allowing him to become a free agent. Even today, the reconstruction continues in Washington. As we learned earlier, Wizards forward Kyle Kuzma has declined his $13 million player option and will become a prominent feature in the free agency landscape. For the latest details on who's in the free agent pool this summer, as always, head to SacktownSports.com. And finally, the San Francisco Giants on a heater as they rallied past the Padres 7-4 on Monday night for their season-best eight-straight victory. I'm Simone. Those are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Welcome back into Cattles and Rami with Jay and Jason. Bobby Gerald joins the show right now. Cattles and Rami. Cattles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. All right. Here we go to start the next hour of Cattles and Rami. Jason Ross, Jay Johnson in here. And for those of you on YouTube, you can see our next guest. The rest of you on the radio will be able to hear our next guest, Bob Gerald. Like the confunction, Bobby G? Always. Yes. <laughs> always, always, always. Bob Gerald. HoopObsession.com. You need to check out his site all year long. But this is this is uh, the wheelhouse time for Bobby G. The draft just a couple of days away. You got everything lined up, buttoned up, feeling good about your board right now? No. <laughs> what's giving you trouble oh man there's where do you want to start there's so many different things that i keep going back and forth on um second third and fourth actually you know for a lot of people they talk about second and third whether or not it'll be scoop henderson or brandon miller but uh, amen thompson is in that mix for me personally uh the more i've more i've watched and, and zeroed in on him i i just see a a, a generational type athlete um and he really has vision he plays defense he can he can lock down it's hard to to get a feel for you know how consistent that'll be because of the level he played at with overtime elite which is it's a little something different if you've never seen the overtime elite games Uh, a lot of transition but when it was really time uh and it mattered and the game was on the line and he wanted to lock in he locked in and uh and showed me that he could really defend and then you combine that with his athleticism and his feel for the game. And I think you're looking at something pretty special there. So um, it'll probably still end up for me being scoot second Miller third and, and Amin Thompson fourth, but I fluctuate and um, I'm still looking for some clarity on that. How about you guys? Yeah, for me, it's uh, and we had this conversation off, off yeah. air. I just like scoot, man. I think he's super young and I think he, uh, he has an opportunity. You talked about it. I think he's generational. I think he's a guy kind of more into Chris Paul, but, uh, you know, he's got a little – kind of like Donovan Mitchell, but I don't know if he's going to be able to shoot as well as Donovan Mitchell. But I like his build. I like the way his body has transformed in the last couple of years in the G League. And the other thing about it is, is this dude's been a professional for two years in a row. I'm about Absolutely. that. That dude's Absolutely. lived it. He's he's worked it. He knows the how how to handle money. He's been connected. He's not you know star driven. He's played against these guys. I'm just not you know Brandon Miller. I'm not sure what you're gonna get off the court. 
for me. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a legitimate concern. I think among the uh, among the three, if I was grading them on like kind of that, how safe is it type type deal, Brandon Miller would definitely be third on that list. But he's also the one that has the best jump shot, and, and that's what I keep coming back to is you know there's 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 a litany of players that we've seen that are athletic that can't really shoot it um, at a high degree of accuracy. And they, they end up not panning out. And, and only a handful that don't have the shot do. And and they're all really, really special players. Um, and so that's where I come back to, you know, if a guy if a guy isn't hitting over a third of those three-pointers, uh, I come back to, you know, is he special? That's like my simple question. And I think Amin Thompson is is, an, is a yes to that. And I think Scoot is a definitely yes to that, too. So, um I don't know. I'm still playing around with it, though. But it's a it's a fun time, definitely. And I'm curious to see, you know, if the Kings will make a pick at 24 or if they'll trade the pick or, you know, what, what's going to go down. Yeah, I want to get to your thoughts on the Kings at 24 in just a moment. But just on that, Bob, as far as, like you said, you have a – this is your ranking. It's not a mock draft. So just on that, though, on your current list, what do you find is the biggest separation that maybe you have someone higher than what you're seeing on most mock drafts? Um, there's a handful of players. Um, I'm probably, it's probably more the guys that I'm less high on. Okay. Um, like, you know, um, there are guys like, uh, Nick Smith who, who just, he was injured and he struggled a little bit. And, and you can look back at some of the things that he did before college and see, you know, here's a guy who can create his own shot and, um, and do some things, but he's also very small and slight. And I think it's going to take some time for him. And then, he didn't have a great college uh, season. So, you know, he's one of those guys that I'm concerned about. Jet Howard out of Michigan. A lot of people have him borderline lottery pick, at least mid first round. And, um, you know, I think he's, if you watch him, he could be really frustrating. He can really shoot the ball, but sometimes just indifferent on defense, you know, and, um, and I have a problem with that. I mean, I, I like guys who are, 100% gym rats that are want to play defense all the time. And, and sometimes you just have to go with your gut. Um, so um, I'm a little bit less high on a guy like Jet Howard. And then, you know, there are some guys that, that I think could be the big swing prospect guys that had some injuries like uh, Derek Whitehead um, from Duke. He was the MVP of the McDonald's all-star uh, game, you know, just over a, a year ago. And then uh, he, you know, he's going to go to Duke. They start practicing, you know, in August or whatever, and he ends up having an issue with his foot. It requires surgery. So he goes and has the surgery, shows some heart by playing, I think, you know, even when he wasn't right. And he was basically reduced to just being a spot-up shooter. And um, that was hard to watch because if you saw the guy who was MVP of the McDonald's All-Star game, he was going to the basket and doing things with reckless abandon. And now, you know, he's reduced to a spot of shooter. But how much of that is just the injury? You know, so I, I, I struggle with that. And I think, you know, if he's a guy who's around at 24, you got to have to be realistic about 24th picks. You know, I'm sure you guys have done this exercise. But, yep. you know, let's the last 10 years, there's probably been four 24th picks that are even worth mentioning. And that would start with uh, – well, let's go back at like 12 years. Reggie Jackson in 2011, Tim Hardaway Jr. in 2013, Tyus Jones in 2015, and Anthony Simons in 2018. So there's some players there, but there's that's, uh, what, a 12-year span, and I only mentioned four players. So that right. means only a third of the time you're getting a hit, 
And when you're getting a hit, you're talking about borderline, you know, guys. I think Anthony Simon's probably the best of that group, in my opinion, um, still with some upside to go. So if that's the case, if that's what you're really looking at, I kind of fall back to if there's a guy like a Derek Whitehead still hanging around there on the board at 24th, and he's the, you know, MVP of the All-Star game, McDonald's All-Star game from high school just not that long ago. Maybe we maybe it's time to take a gamble on modern medicine, guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that that you know how that goes, yeah, right? right? So you got Joel Embiid. He's a he's a win for modern medicine. You got Harry Giles. That's a swing and a miss for modern medicine. Um, you know, uh, people forget that OG Ananobi was was hurt when he was drafted and wasn't able to work out for teams, and it took a while for him to get his thing going. So there's a history of guys that have been able to come back from pretty severe injuries and do their thing. You just have to have an abundance of patience. And then there's also a history of guys, and for for the longtime Kings lifers like me who still can <laughs> remember Purvis Ellison. Nervous. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it could be really frustrating as a fan, but the Kings were in a different place then. That was a team that was losing, and, and you want to – he's the first pick in the draft, and then he can't even play because of his foot. And so that was really, really frustrating. Now you're a playoff team, you know, so it's a little different. And what's the latest on Vashenkov? You know, is he coming? That that would play into my mix too. You know, uh, here with Bobby Gerald of Hoops Obsession. So I, I'm glad you jumped across the pond, BG. For me is uh, I got my eye on not Victor Wimbenyama for France, but Bilal Koulibaly. I really uh, – I think he's going to be – Special. I'm not sure how special. I'm not sure, as you said, in the Anthony Simons point of way, point of uh, you know, at, at the top, or does he have a high floor, high ceiling type person? But I like what I see from him. Share some light uh, on Koulibaly for me, man. I agree with you on on Bilal Koulibaly. I think he's a he's a guy who is probably going to be off the board at, at 24. That's that's my guess. Um, he seems to be. Uh, moving up and gaining some steam, but uh, he's a speedy, versatile, you know, young guy. I think he has a chance to be a starter in the future. He's only 18 years old, long legs, long, long arms, and kind of got a chance to play meaningful minutes after an injury uh, to a teammate. And then he, once that happened, he showed that he could hold his own against uh, the grown men in the French GB Elite League. Um, so uh, 34% from three-point range, um, pretty good vision. Really good at driving to the hoop, has takes long strides, uses the Euro step, all that stuff. Um, good defender, a little bit, a little bit of you know, a little bit young in his game as far as his feel, more turnovers than assists, one of those kind of guys. But I think the the package is definitely there, and and it starts with defense for him, Jay. And and I think you know, if the Kings are going to get better, one of the areas they've got to get better at is is defensively on the wing. We're talking with Bob Gerald here from HoopObsession.com. Uh, quick thought uh, on this, just overall thought, Bob, on the draft itself. We know the top four now, three to four, sound really strong. Just in general, how does this compare to others? I think, Jay, you were telling me you're hearing like the next two drafts actually might be considerably lighter. Are you hearing some of the same things, like this is kind of the, the best draft we might have in the next couple of years? You know, as far as how I do it, I, I'm probably not the guy to ask of what those future drafts look like. Um, I, I really get locked in on this on this particular one. And I think this one's pretty good. Um, I think it falls off a little bit. Um, there's a certain point where you're 
you're really kind of throwing darts, uh, in my opinion, in the second round. And then a little bit deeper. And the thing is, guys, there's probably going to be more players out of this draft and from the G League because we're adding 30 new roster spots to, uh, you know, with a third two-way player. So last year and this year, there's 58 draft picks. Um, two were taken away because of penalties. Last year, there were 28 players that went undrafted that also were added to that 58 that played in the NBA. So that's 86 players right there. Now we're going to add 30 more spots. So I think there's a chance for some guys who maybe didn't make the cut the last year or the year before that to now slide into some of those two ways. I think guys that are undrafted this year, it'll probably go you know pretty deep with some guys you know in that range. And as Jeff Petrie would always say, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You know, you you might like um, Xavier Castaneda from Akron, who's a really <laughs> accurate shooter um, that nobody talks about. You know, he might be a guy that slips onto a summer league team and then ends up, you know, making a, a two-way roster or someone in the G League um, like that. You know, it's you, there's definitely going to be some guys that follow that path of Austin Reeves or um, – uh, you know, some of the other undrafted players that have made their way kind of through the back door into the NBA. All right, Bob, hang on tight here. We're going to take a quick uh, one-minute timeout. we got more with Bob Gerald here as we continue with Cattles and Rami, Jason Ross, and Jay Johnson in here. Uh, Bob Gerald, our guest from HoopObsession.com. Much more on the draft. We'll be right back right after this on Sacktown Sports. Cattles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-V-E-L.com. Babbel.com. With you one mile at a time during the afternoon drive. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. All right, show rolling right along. Jason Ross, Jay Johnson in here on Cattles and Rami. Bob Gerald, our guest from HoopObsession.com. BG! Uh, Bobby, got to ask you about, I'll ask, I'll ask my uh, typical UCLA question. Got a couple of Bruins up there, oh, and I know yeah, yeah. Jaime Jaquez was maybe going to be a late first rounder, maybe even second rounder. Seemingly, he's moving up, and I saw today that he was invited to the green room. Should we read more into that? I think you have him pretty high on your list in that top uh, 20. Um, where do you think he may land? I think Jaime Jaquez will be the guy that makes some GM look bad because uh, he's going to outplay and outperform one of these young kids that someone mm. took a swing on. You know, that's that's generally we see that all the time. People discount the seniors. So in the last five first rounds, there's been the most there's most seniors been drafted is three. Wow. Um, so, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, and one year there was only one. So it's it, it's it's just the reality of what it is. They're discounting uh, the seniors. And I get it. I mean, because if you really look at the progression in efficiency that players make from their freshman year to their sophomore year, that's really where the biggest jump comes. Then sophomore to junior, you get a little more of a bump and then junior to senior. So if you're projecting, you try to look at the freshmen, give them that bump um, that that you would see 
by the time they're a senior and most of the times that would raise them above the seniors um you know if you're looking at it from an analytic standpoint but Hawkes is just he's just so dependable um he understands what it takes to win he can do a little bit of everything he plays with force um pac 12 player of the year i think the one question mark with him is going to be the shooting he shot 31.7 from the college three-point range uh, which you know is is going to be way under uh, for the nba he converted 77 percent of his free throws he plays defense he was a positive defender um finished second in the pac 12 in box score plus minus uh, the last two seasons um showed that he's a little bit more of an athlete than i think some people think he had a 39-inch uh, Max Vert at the at the draft combine. So Jumping like you, who, Bobby. Yeah, man. You know, we're, <laughs> right. we're up there taking quarters <laughs> off the off the top of the back. That's right. right. So um yeah, so Hawk is I, you know, he's gonna be one of those guys. He's he's he may never be an all-star, but I bet he's a really good player on an NBA team for eight to ten years. Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana. I know we're talking about when you're talking about a 23-year-old in the NBA draft, that is almost elderly. You know, you almost yep. need an AARP card <laughs> to uh, come in the NBA at 23. But Trace Jackson Davis, what, what's your take on Trace? And he's a rim runner. I know he's, it doesn't seem to be a good, the best shooter. Six uh, eight, he's versatile. Is kind of what most people are saying about him. What's your th- What's your thoughts on Davis? He's interesting because he's to me he's a center, um, mm. and you know he's a six eight. 240 center so he has a 7-1 wingspan so he plays bigger than his size but he is going to be a small center he's got narrow shoulders um but i like him uh he has quick feet quick second jump um he beats slower bigs you know off the dribble if you put him in the high post he's a good passer average four assists this year mm. um fierce defensive rebounder um led the entire NCAA and box score plus minus. So, you know, this is a guy who's ma- making a difference when he's on the floor offensively and defensively. Uh, he only attempted three three-point field goals in his entire college career. Wow. So, yeah, right. Wow. So you're looking at a guy who's just he, – he's just not going to shoot it, I don't think. It, it, you know, people want to talk about him being a forward, and I think he could get down and probably guard some threes and fours. Um, and that's that's the conundrum with him. Offensively, he's a five. Defensively, he's much more of a four. Um, and so, what's going to happen when he has to guard a, a you know a big five? But as we see in the NBA, there aren't that many huge big fives, and most of them are starters. And I would think that that Trace Jackson Davis would be coming off the bench and guarding probably the backup fives. And you know, if you look at him in that case, and he's available with that second pick. I would think um, you might want to swing away there. Heck, I might even swing away for him with the with that twenty fourth pick, mm. depending on. What Sounds like a quick footed Kayvon Looney. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and uh, we all saw that the Kings could desperately just use some rebounding and some defense. Jackson Davis, a really good weak side uh, shot blocker, um, and but he's just he's just thin. I think when we see him on an NBA court we're going to be like, wow, damn, he's a center. Hmm. You know, yeah. he's kind of one of the, a little bit um, like uh, Metu, you know, yeah. if Metu's playing undersized at the center and then, but Chemezi gives you the element of, of at least some hope of a three point shot. Whereas I don't see it with Jackson Davis, although people say in his workouts, he was shooting it, but they know how workouts yeah. are. Talk I with mean, Bob Gerald here of hoopobsession.com. Bob, I don't know if this is too um, basic of a, 
parallel here, but we've all done fantasy leagues, and one of the things I do in mine when I, I kind of evaluate who's drafting in my league near me, and I go sometimes there's a guy that always drafts the like that's the guy I was going to take, or you have people that are always taking something different, and it just makes it easier if you're around them because like I don't know they're just doing something different than me. With that said, um, a couple of picks before the Kings are the Lakers, the Heat, and uh, Golden State, who I think are all in similar positions to the Kings, that they're good. They want someone to make them better. Where the picks right before the Kings are Houston, a couple times I think Portland and Brooklyn, who I think are in different spots. What kind of a factor do you think that might be, if anything, in, in the Kings draft, knowing that you've got teams, several picks ahead that are probably in a similar spot versus the teams that are right next to them that are, might be going for big hits? Yeah, I think you know you you definitely gonna want to monitor that. You don't want to you don't want to pick a guy. Um, you know, we all go back to the Vlade pick with uh, Papianis, right? Mm-hmm. I think everybody felt like you could have had Papianis in the second round, um, where but but he used a first round pick on him. So I think you have to be really cognizant of of that kind of stuff. Um, but you also don't want to be left out to dry. You know, if there's someone you really like, I say you know, step up to the plate and, and take them, you know, regardless and try not to play too many games with, you know, will they still be there when my second pick um, hangs around? So again, it's, it's, it's kind of just be on a field basis and, and, you know, what you would think. And I think, you know, I've got a lot of confidence in Wes Wilcox and Monty McNair. I, I felt like for a long time, we needed someone who not only was using the eye test, but also was data informed. And I believe those guys uh, really are data informed as well as having a good eye for, for talent. I can't have any really d- dispute with anybody they picked other than those first, those second rounders, the first couple of years, uh, you know, uh, that didn't pan out, but I mean, Hey, they were second rounders, you yeah. know, so um, not that many second rounders are going to pan out, but then every once in a while you find a pick like Jokic at 41 mm. and do a little championship dance like Michael Malone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Dude, how much time was he having at that? <laughs> oh, he, he's getting it in, brother. Yeah. Hey, I would too. You would yeah. believe me. I would be off my Richter scale if I <laughs> if I won a championship. BG man, real quick because time is a uh, of the essence. I'm gonna shoot a couple of names at you real quick. Rapid fire for me. Everyone around here is enamored with Chris Murray just mm-hmm. based off the fact that he is Keegan's brother, and yep. they you know they're twins. the uh, the other The other name for me that uh, I see quite a bit around here is Amani Bates. And I like what – I'm a I'm a big fish, go home. You know, I'm looking for the big swing. Go big or go home. Amani Bates for me is that person. Talk me off the ledge of why we shouldn't get Amani Bates. Um, I, Amani, like for me, the, the defense is the biggest issue. He's such a scorer, um, and he hasn't – he just hasn't shown a propensity to – to, to care too much about defense. Um, defensive rating was worse than his team's dif- defensive rating, uh, even at Michigan. Um, definitely can shoot it. I'm a believer in his shot. I believe he can he can shake. We're talking about Amani Bates. Um, he's he measured at six eight. Uh, and that was in bare feet at the uh, at the combine. But his wingspan is only six nine. So. He gets a he gets an extra inch there. Didn't show much speed. Really slow in the uh, in the three quarter court sprint time. Max Vert was only thirty two inches, so I don't think he's a I don't think he's a great athlete. Um, and he had way more turnovers um, than assists. So so you know I think you're looking at a project there. 
you know, if he was there in the second round sometime, Jay, you know, I, I, I might give it a chance because he definitely can can shake and, and his crossover dribble and hesitation moves, all that stuff to create create a shot is for real. And I believe in his shooting. Um, but he's just looking to score, 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 score. And I'm not sure in the NBA that he'll ever have the ball in his hands that much. I just don't think he's good enough to, to demand the ball, um, you know, that much. Chris Murray, I do like. I think he can he can score in a variety of ways. Uh, kind of a jack of all trades, a little bit like Keegan. A really good cutter. Um, can score in the post. Can hit jump shots. You know, he, there's not much Chris Murray can't do. I think he, he's a plug and play type guy. So that'd be my take on both of those. Mm, wow, that's a. Uh... That, it's that cold sounds, world, yeah. It sounds like it, it sounds like Chris Murray's coming over here to Sacramento, man. The way you're talking, real quick, BG Bobby Gerald here from Hoops Obsession. You know, I got to ask you, brother, what's the new kicks to the collection, my man? I know, I see you, I see you with a little background action. I know you got a couple boxes on your uh, on your right side. Come on now, what well, you got? I'll just, I'll just show you these. These are. At least the, the latest ones that I'm proud of. Okay. And I'm not really that much of a sneakerhead. I want to qualify it a little bit. I, I just am very particular, and if I see something I like, I will pick it up. I like where so you're I going. got these uh these Kobe Miles Davis joints. Ah, right here on, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you can see those. They, they're, they got like the – they're called Kind of Blue, which yeah. is oh, the Miles nice. Davis album. Yes, right? sir. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's the latest and greatest. Those Come are on, good. Man. Yeah. Oh, Those yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm Be- loving these. I only wear them on special occasions like the Kings games. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I see we have the opportunity to see BG because of what we're doing. Yeah. We're blessed. And, of course, the first couple of times I ever really just paid attention how Bobby was rocking, I was like, oh, okay. He keep a pair of fresh kicks on the feet. You know, <laughs> you can always tell a person by the, they, their shoes. I'm really, really into, t- you know. How you rock a pair of shoes, man. Some people don't really care. Yeah. But if you're rocking a pair of J's or some Nikes or whatever the case may be, how you treat them lets me know who you are. Right. And I saw oh, BG with a couple are. pair of threes on, some cement threes Pristine. and everything. Yeah. I was like, okay, I see Bobby acting up. He acting up my out shoes here. shoes are clean. I keep them. That's one thing. My room's a mess. My office is a mess. My shoes are clean. My shoes and my records are clean. I was going to say, the music I know is always on point, too. Yeah. That's for Absolutely. sure. Well, everybody check out the site. There's so much content, not just on the draft, too, by the way. There's uh, metrics and ratings on guards, point guards, shooting guards, everything. Hoopobsession.com. Bob puts in a lot of work there. He's a basketball fan, uh, first and foremost. Does great work. Bob, we always appreciate your insight, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again after the draft. Thank you guys very much. Always good to be with you. All, All right. Now, that's man. the great Bob Gerald. Hoopobsession.com. I was actually looking as you asked about Imani Bates. I'm like, we're – where is he on his board? He he's he's off the board. He's not even on the board. Yeah, I know. I he's saw on the him. after party. Yeah, I know. I saw so. that man. He's got to. Uh, he didn't even get the RSVP. <laughs> no, he's out of the club. Like, let me in. Let me in. <laughs> we'll see. That's man. why it's it's tough though. It it's is cold. tough. That's why there are second round picks that that shine and others that just never make it. It's a tough tough that world out there. All right, we still got. They said what coming up? But next, we talked about the Warriors. Are they going to be okay? There's a lot going on here. There's some thought when they got eliminated, like that was the end of the run. There's some other things pointing towards that being the case. We'll discuss that when we come back here on Sacktown Sports. Thanks again to Bob Gerald, HoopObsession.com. Check out his site. Amazing work there. Anything you missed from our show today, go back to Sacktown Sports. 
and you can find it. Find all the stuff that gets podcasted up there. We'll also uh, revisit that a little bit later in the callback coming up uh, about an hour from now. Uh, those of you on our website at YouTube, check us out, Sacktown Sports. Steve Ace, great conversation, gents. Yeah, Bob's awesome. I mean, Bob just loves it. You, you can just yeah, tell when someone loves what they do, loves basketball, and um, he's just been a hoops junkie as long as I've, I've known him forever, and he's just always, always loved basketball. You know, we were talking about it, and hopefully BG's still listening in some form or fashion. If not, I'll make sure to shoot him a text, man. Bob is the type of guy that – he is uh, on national level. Yeah. Like what he does and, you know, the type of time and effort and love and, like you said, the passion that he puts into it. I mean, there's guys and guys and gals who get paid a lot of money yeah. to do what he does. And do way less and work. And do way less work. Yeah. Exactly. That's where I was going with yeah. it. You know, I mean, and it's no shade to those people because they could be doing with, you know, what is told to them. But, I mean – BG is putting in a lot yeah. of time and effort into international guys, mm-hmm. into local guys, into G League, G League yeah. overtime. Like you said, if you've never watched an overtime game, you know, um, but he has guys. Right. Like, yeah, it's like, man, dude, you know, and one of the, again, we've been privy to have conversations with BG outside of here mm-hmm. and out on air. When you talk to him, it's like, dude, how do you even know that guy? And right. he's like, oh, yeah. You know, second tier Russia League. It's like, what? <laughs> what? What are you talking yeah. about? I've never even heard of this. It's like, oh yeah, watch, watch him. He's gonna yeah. be okay. He might be a free agent on the, you know, the back burner to, to right. watch. And I'm like, man, how? Yeah. How did you even know that? Follows the G League, goes to the G League showcase, like just in all Kings games he can. NBA watches all NBA games. It's just who's crazy, man. Hoops, he is junkie Hoops, for sure. obsession. Yeah. We could ask him this question too. Are the Warriors gonna be okay? Maybe Kings fans don't even care. But Jay, when they um Ultimately lost to the Lakers. There was a lot of thought like, okay, is this the end of the dynasty? The dynasty's been incredible. It's been a great run, what they've done. They they should enjoy. They should be proud of it. But little things are starting to happen. One was Bob Myers. Yeah. And now Mike Dunleavy Jr. comes in. They've kind of confirmed that with still that <clears throat> kind of shadow, like Lake of Sons are there. and Kirk. Yeah, that that could be fine. Could be trouble. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that'll be smooth. Um, Draymond opting out, though I think that's more of a financial and still could land. I mean, that doesn't mean he's gone. But you heard Dunleavy Jr. say yesterday, oh, yeah, no, we're all in. We want Jordan Poole to be here the next four years. Mm. We want Draymond to be a big part of this and Kaminga. And it's like, no, there's stuff with Kaminga and there's stuff with Poole. And, you know, that's what happens when you lose, too. But Kerr's in the final year. It it does feel like we're at the beginning of something that could totally change, though I think they're going to try to make one more run at it. Yes. That's my belief. I agree. I think they have one more run at it. uh, It's going to be interesting to see – you touched on Draymond. We talked about Draymond. It, 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 for me, it's all about finances there. Yeah. You know, look, if I can get more money guaranteed, I'm going to go ahead and take this uh, step back to take a step forward. And I think that's what Draymond is. Yeah, common sense, right? And um, the Jordan Poole situation is definitely interesting. I like Kaminga. I think Kaminga has kind of gotten the short end of the stick. I don't think he's gotten a, the time. You know, that could be for whatever reason we're not in the circle of why Steve Kerr and, and that coaching staff has really kind of gave Jonathan Kaminga the the go button, mm-hmm. you know, the green light. But I think he has something there. I think he is, you know, I continue to keep on saying we're all, and when I say we, I mean the whole NBA fans, the circle organizations, we're all looking for a 3 and D guy. It's what you see in the NBA. That's like the prototypical number one spot that everybody's looking for. 
you know, those guys who were kind of built in the frame of a 6'6 to 6'8, you know, you can even go 6'9 now, expanding, uh, and they shoot decently, they play defense decently, and it's can we build on that? Right. You know, that's what we're looking for. And Kaminga fits that profile. He's a 3 and D guy. You know, can he can he score the ball when need be? And can he play probably efficient defense? Mm-hmm. You know, the Warriors like to play great team defense, and that's what we talked about with Draymond You know, earlier in the show is he's kind of the quarterback. He operates. He's the point guard on the defensive side. And I'm pretty sure they've had plenty of conversations when it comes to Kaminga and where he fits. It's a very interesting position and peculiar situation for him to be in. Do you think it's over? Do you think you said it's the beginning of something different? Yeah. But if you're if you're making that decision right now, you know, on June twentieth, are you saying that it, it, it's over? I don't think they think it's over. Okay, and that may be part of it. I don't think they're delusional though, and going, "Hey, we're still great," and they're not because they are still a good team. I yes. don't. I don't think they're they're closer to being a championship team than than a full rebuild. But that gap is still significant enough. I didn't think they were a championship team last year. I actually didn't think they were the year before, and I was wrong. They did win that championship, and that's they deserve it. They don't have to apologize for any of that. But what Phoenix has done, what Denver is, um, who they've lost over time, mm-hmm. and that sometimes is an assistant coach, is Mike Brown, is um, other guys that have left that Luke program. Walton. Luke Walton. I mean, Sean honestly, Livingston it's just, is, is leaving. He's leaving. Mm-hmm. It just Barbosa. What do they know? Why are they doing that? Why is it? I mean, that they had a great thing. Every organization wanted to be them, and they're not falling apart, but they're losing pieces. And I think over time that will have an impact. Now, Steph's going to give you every chance to win every game. Absolutely. Um, if Clay's still there and Wiggins and Draymond, yeah, they're going to win a lot of games. But you know, Kerr being in the final year, seeing these other pieces and. I think everybody that I talked to from the Warriors felt a lot better about Draymond re-signing with Bob Myers there. They don't think it's over, mm. but they felt better if Bob Myers was there. He's not. And so now you just a different set of eyes, different people, different opinions. Maybe maybe they love Jordan Poole and Kaminga. Maybe they're like, no, the first chance I'm in here, we're shipping them. Oh. I, I don't know what their philosophies are going to be. There's probably some similarities, but... I don't know how you resolve it, though. I mean, I think if you're the Warriors, you probably just have to live through it. I know that one point when Joe Lacob was talking about dual timelines, I, I thought that was yeah, not reality, but they, they went for it. I think it's really hard to stay good for a long, long time. Very true. I, I continue to go back to the Wiseman pick. I And we're kind of getting ready to see it, I believe, with, with Charlotte. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to make kind of that same decision. I always thought the Warriors would have been better if they would have picked LaMelo. Yeah. And you would have just found it was kind of of the thinking of you pick the best player, right? Not so much as the best fit. I truly believe the Warriors pick the best fit compared to the best player. Yeah. If you put Lamelo on the Warriors, that is your Jordan Poole, and yeah. I think you have a a different ball game. And I believe with Kaminga and Moody, it makes more sense than the Wiseman. And I truly believe that's where they, you know, their their extension of another year or two yeah. is going to hit the wall is they made a mistake picking Wiseman over ball. And I think they're getting ready to pay for it. Yeah. Hence with the fact of they're getting ready to have to trade Jordan Poole or they're going to have to let Kaminga walk. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think the Kings are so guilty of in that long gap is they would make a mistake and they were chasing it. Yeah. And then that mistake built into another mistake and then, well, we got to fix that draft pick. And then they just kept snowballing. Now the Warriors haven't done that entirely, but they made some mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sometime when you make a mistake, it's one of not sometime, a lot of time you just have to fess 
mess up and you take the repercussions it. that come with it. Yeah. I think they've tried to, you know, mask it, cover it up, plug plug and play, cover some holes up. And uh, it's just kind of bit them. Now they won a championship. I think now I, I agree with you. I think it's starting to kind of turn. Yeah. And Draymond's thirty three, and Steph is thirty five, and Clay's coming off some injuries. You know, look, you can't as you said, it's hard to be good for a elongated time. Yeah. Well, we know that in the sports world, athletes, coaches, announcers, they say some amazing things, funny things, poignant things, serious things, silly things. We've got it all coming up on They Said What? That's coming your way next here on Sacktown Sports. You never know what you're going to get with an open mic. It's the good, bad, ugly, and funny from this past week in sports. They said what? On Cattles and Rami. I like this. A lot of people say things. Good, bad, ugly, funny, silly, serious, poignant. It's what we do. Hopefully, Man, hopefully we cover all that. Those <laughs> I will say this. Shout out to our guy Pete Youngman, who's just Pete the best. Young. Uh, Pete. That's the greatest, you know, that's the greatest physician, trainer, athletic trainer to ever touch basketball. I don't care what nobody says. I'm ready to argue. Um, I'm with you. I okay. wouldn't argue that. Pete's great. And uh he was commenting on, you know, Bob Gerald was with us, did a great job. Uh, he said, great stuff, Bobby. And whoever's in charge of Town 1140, let's get JRJ show a regular on-air gig over there. Kid's got talent. He's calling you a kid. I know, man. I well, like to, to Pete, I am. Yeah, well, that's right. Oh, I wow. appreciate it. <laughs> to, to Pete, I am. Look, yeah. one thing I'm always do is respect my elders. And I'm not even so much as saying age-wise. You respect great. Yeah. Respect, respect greatness. Yeah. And, you know, absolutely. Well, that's I a mean, nice that's compliment. T- that's a nice. Thank you, Pete. What. Yeah. Thank you so much, sir. How about uh, let's the start. The greatest trainer. Yes, I'm with you. Let's start here with they said what with uh, a guy who made a comeback. He's been out for months. Came back for the Reds who are very hot right now. First place. Yeah, I'm on. Uh, I got a man crush on Ellie De La Cruz. That guy's amazing. I'm pretty sure you and half of Cincinnati <laughs> at this point. Uh, but Joey Votto, one of the, the heroes, the local legends there. It's just been an amazing Cincinnati Reds. A part of this comes back, hits a home run, but was on uh, the SVP show last night on ESPN and uh, said this to Scott Van Pelt. But when you win nine in a row, I mean, how does it grow? Just keep, keep, keep chipping away at it. Uh, and these guys, the best thing about it, you know, you see this with, with uh, I watched that Kings uh, Warriors series this year, and the youth on the other side, the Kings side, they're just so tenacious. And that's kind of what we have here. These guys don't care. They're not impressed. And they're coming for you every single day because they're so young and so full of energy. I'm just grateful to be a part of it. That's really interesting because I'm thinking we're going Warriors here, but no, you're going with the young guys that just got there and got their yeah. first taste of it. A little comp from the right. rest of the Kings. Come on now. The Kings yeah. have put people on, you know, notice at this point. And it's not just because of the beam. It's not the gimmick of the beam. It's the ball team as well. Look, we have, uh, and I say we again, because one thing I'm always do is own it. You mm-hmm. know, I always like to put myself, we gave, you know, talking about Bobby Gerald and, and being passionate about the situation. I'm passionate about my fandom, yeah. you know? Hence why I always tell other people, it's okay to hate in sports. If mm-hmm. there's any point in life to hate on someone, yeah. it's sports hate. It's okay. Right. It's, yeah. it's fruitful. Yeah. It bears things, yes. right? <laughs> you root but, for your team first and for the other one to lose as much. I mean, there's a passion behind both those. Absolutely. Yeah. And so with that being said, I always put we into it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't like that. But I, I want to make sure I preface it that it's a lovely thing to be on everybody's mind. Sacramento Kings. Used to not be. Come on now. 
Or for the wrong reasons Absolutely. they were. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I Sacramento King steady rising and rising and rising. That's right. We're on Big every, Kirk. Everybody's mind, yeah. tongue, and I know you guys are, you know, everyone around the NBA world, and it seems like even other sports entities, you know, look, they're paying attention. Yeah. It's a good thing. All right. Let's get more. They said what? How about uh, this from the A's are playing right now? Dallas Braden, longtime broadcast, former A broadcaster now with the A's. Love Dallas. Yeah. Talks about uh, kind of the responsibility he has right now as an A's broadcaster. I have a responsibility to my organization. I have a responsibility to the game of baseball. I have a responsibility to the men that I cover, to the men and women that I work with. I have a responsibility to the fans who who want to be spoken to straightforward, right? And so I have to figure out a way to balance all of that on top of, as I mentioned, the emotion of being a homegrown fan who got the opportunity to play for the team and is now in a position as the broadcaster. So I have to figure out what those lines are and learn how to walk them and learn how to walk them very carefully which is what I'm trying to do, especially during times like this, because I want the fans to know how much I love them. I think the organization understands how much I love and appreciate them. And I think everybody understands how much I just love this damn game of baseball itself. It's a tricky spot, Jay. I might, I'm going to speak for him. I don't know this to be factual, but I bet he doesn't want to go to Vegas. I bet he doesn't want the team to move to Vegas. I think basically everything in there was talking about he was homegrown. He played here. Everything is about the A's, and that's the Oakland A's. Yeah. So, but he's also broadcasting, and the potential future is this team looks like they're moving. It's a terrible position to be in. I'm sure he hates it, but he's trying to put on a good face. Yeah, Dallas is one of those guys who who are who is outspoken. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very fun. He's very lovable. He'll I don't want to say controversial because that's not the proper word, but he'll say some things that probably irk you know people on the opposite yeah. side. And maybe as he talked about, you know, trying to toe the company line. Yeah. He's biting right. his tongue. Yeah, absolutely. You could kind of tell right there. And Dallas likes to speak on many things. He's very opinionated. You know, he's been a friend of the show. We've had him on. You've had him on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I just love Dallas and the fact that one thing I continue to keep on saying here with the Oakland A's. Look, I've said some things as a, as an Oakland A's fan that I'm pretty sure other Oakland A's fans don't agree with. But there is it does it definitely comes to a point ops where. John Fisher has to speak. Yep. And so I tip my cap to Dallas Braden in the fact of he's not running from speaking. Yeah. But he's also letting us know, look, I, get I got it. more to say. I, I got it. Right. I got and I, and I know, you yeah. know, out of respect, he's got to pay his bills. Yeah. Too, Understand man. my situation. Be- beautiful. Yeah. 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 It's kind of difficult. You, you've yeah. been in that position that for 25 years. It, Absolutely. it was terrible when they were trying to sell the team. There were certain things like I'm saying on a Kings broadcast, which is a Kings show mm-hmm. versus coming back here on this station saying, I think what they're doing is terrible. Right. But I wasn't saying that during a Kings broadcast. Yeah. Just it's it's Total a really company difficult line, thing. brother. Yeah. Pay them checks. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to St. Louis, Jay, and uh, figure out what's going on in the broadcast booth here with the Cardinals. Crunchy peanut butter, smooth peanut oh. butter, and creamy all day. Oh no, all day. I'm not even hesitating. Why did Why'd you move further away? <laughs> Turn your back to me. This could be a fun season. <laughs> Swing it a miss. Two outs. So you're a chunky guy, huh? Look at me, of course. I mean, plus tire service pitch track. Look at this one here. Nice bender. And for the record, it's crunchy, not chunky. I know what it's called. Oh. Oh. 
But now I'm angry. <laughs> You're not even hiding your subtle shots anymore. How can you eat creamy peanut butter? Because I'm American. That's gross. That's why. Gross. That's how it's supposed to be done. No, no. Like the pilgrims ate it. Fact check there. I'm not certain about that one. That was also in a nine to two baseball yeah, game. Is bottom of the seven. Is that Rooney and Rick Hort- and Ricky Horton? No, that was uh, or is Chip that- Carey. Okay, and- that's the uh, radio. Uh, yeah, Brian Thompson. I think. Thompson. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so crunchy or or creamy? As Thompson said, you're crazy. It's creamy. Oh yeah. no, it's no peanuts. Um, I can have. It's not like it's taboo, but I it's all, I I don't know that how often I've ever had that. Like I've never purchased that. Yeah, don't don't I've waste your money. I've had all the time, but I've had I've been in, I don't know a spot where I've had crunchy before because I've never purchased it. I and go, you, oh, crunchy. You butter. stomach that stuff? Yeah, I mean I like peanuts <laughs> and a peanut butter, but it's I mean I'm a hundred percent on creamy. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. I'm not even no. I, I would eat it, but yeah, it's Absolutely not gross yeah, to me, but creamy. I prefer creamy. Yeah, no no nuts added, brother. Yeah. We don't want none of that stuff, Simone. I am one thousand percent on the creamy side of things, yeah. Kyle. It's just. I will eat both, like yeah. Jason. I guess if I'm choosing, I'm going to choose no, crunchy. I don't eat. But, oh, you're, wait, choosing you're choosing crunchy. crunchy. But like I said, I'm fifty-fifty. I might oh. just, I might grow tired of creamy and switch it mm-hmm. up and whatever. I'm not Ugh. eating a whole lot of peanut butter the anymore. Readiness, ah, keep it, Ugh. save it. I'm so good. Yeah. I had a PB and J on the flight to Boston. Ah, creamy. Yeah. Oh, boy. yeah. Did you make it or did no, you buy it? Was, it? It was an airport, you know, probably okay. $45. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, no one is pushing crunchy peanut butter on people. Yeah. No. And neither am I. I just want to say I'm about 50-50 both <laughs> ways. I just... Is it more acceptable on uh, celery or something no. else? Not no. on a sandwich? Creamy on a celery has got to be creamy. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I, so, too. Yeah. I'm just trying to I don't think. need no half-roasted nut hanging off my celery. No. <laughs> oh my Stop God. it. Come on. What else do you eat peanut butter with? Says PB and J and maybe celery if you do. Uh, ice cream. You put mm-hmm. it in your ice cream. Well, you or wait, no, peanut butter ice cream. Ice cream. Okay, yeah. I was about ice to cream. say. Yeah. Or the pretzels that are stuffed pretzels? with peanut butter. Oh, yeah, for sure. You don't yeah, want those. it to be crunchy yes, in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. I'm trying to think. There's not too much other things I'm putting peanut butter on. There, there's more here. There's a grape jelly debate. Do we have? To, uh, oh, this this is this. We have to play this. Right, I know let, we're late, but we have to. Let's hear it. Yeah, Estrada likes peanut butter and jelly, but only grape jelly. It only goes in crustables, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, How about you? You're a grape jelly snob? Oh, I'm not a jelly snob at all. No. I'm in. I yeah. mean, strawberry, uh-huh. grape, yep. I'm good with. Raspberry, even. Okay. Well, I'm not getting too exotic. I'm not going with the orange marmalade and peanut butter. Well, this is this might be the most critical question of our relationship. All right. Well, here we go. I'm ready for this. Here it thing. is. It's to happen june 13th <laughs> so i don't know if they were debating grape jelly the different jellies i'm with that orange marmalade nah Look, like that one i don't like but I, all jelly's fine no no uh-uh. wrong answer uh-uh. wrong. What? wrong answer what am i missing he's a grape purist uh, absolutely it's absolutely. only grape and grape only, only. Grape. not strawberry uh, i could i could stomach it yes. but are you jelly or uh preserves or whatever jelly okay yeah i'm not you don't want all that uh, well you don't want the nuts in your peanut butter so you don't want all the fruit in your jelly <laughs> yeah look i'm yeah, absolutely okay. i'm not from college station brian see what i'm well, saying <laughs> not, not yet you haven't got that paycheck from them um okay so it has to be great uh, yes all the time creamy grape jelly all right what that's about a, a little boysenberry you never boysenberry no absolutely. see this is where okay. we, we no disagree way. with jay on this one give no me way. all the flavors yeah. i'm good with whatever You're taking peach and mango yeah, and all oh, of that yeah. you know preserves apricot yeah. yes oh. during the summer they but have a watermelon one. flavor too. grape is number one 
apricot jelly? There's just I've room for other people in this okay. situation. Now, so, is this just with peanut butter you're talking about? This like, is what just PB&J. To- no, okay. this is just PB&J. Okay. PB&J. But you have other jelly for I can deal toast. with the strawberry toast. Okay, I mean, strawberry okay, okay. jelly toast. Yeah, so but you're not I'm, totally crazy. Yeah, but I'm not eating the peach <laughs> schnapps and all that type yeah. wild stuff. The boys What's are in your jelly? Yeah, right. <laughs> snobs. That's a different kind of sandwich. <laughs> My goodness. So, okay, strawberry or grape or what, whatever. What, yes. Which one? Oh, I, both. Okay. Yeah. I'm on Simone, strawberry, grape, or apricot? Nah, give me the grape. Okay, please. Kyle. If you can make me only pick oh, one. Oh, my gosh, Kyle. <laughs> grape or strawberry? Grape. Thank you. Only one. I'm picking strawberry. Oh, peanut butter eating. Oh, <laughs> nut peanut butter eating. Self. Berries in it and all the crunchy peanuts I can get. No. Give me raspberry. Oh, boy, you're the one that said boysenberry over there. You guys so are killing it's delicious. me. Delicious. Yeah. Boysenberry. Don't knock it till you try it. Where'd right. you get it from? I feel like it's been all over. Isn't okay. it at IHOP? I feel like that's one of their, their sauces there. <laughs> IHOP sauce. All right, we got a final hour ahead. We'll revisit some of today's top stories. We still have our call back and so much more in our final hour. That's straight ahead here on Sacktown.